Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. We're coming up on conference championships and then the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. Here's some interesting news from the NCAA. Should any team selected to the NCAA tournament be impacted by COVID and forced to withdraw, there is a contingency plan to quickly replace that school in the bracket. However, there will not be any replacements once the tournaments begin. So if a team is forced out for any medical reason, then its opponent would advance. Those details announced yesterday by the NCAA. Check them out. They're pretty interesting. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Friday, February 26th. I'm Abe Madcore. Good morning, everybody. We made it to the end of another week. Let's start with more and more openings around sports. The state of Ohio said indoor sporting events will soon be cleared to host up to 25% capacity. That comes after a plan earlier in the week that the state will allow 30% capacity for outdoor events. Big news in Massachusetts yesterday as the governor declared starting March 22nd, venues can open at 12% capacity. That means there will be about 4,500 fans at Fenway Park in April. So this continues a steady drum of optimism we continue to hear. If you read Michael Smith's SBJ College newsletter last night, you read that Mark Dyer, who has been a longtime veteran of the sports business, Mark Dyer's company is called Tamar Sales U. He manages ticket sales for eight schools, and he said his conversations with athletic directors are incredibly optimistic, driven by the continued distribution of the vaccine. He said that athletic directors are looking at a full college football season schedule, full stadiums, full game day experiences. They're no longer looking at 50% capacity. They are looking at full stadiums. This also syncs up with news from SBJ's Ben Fisher, who reported that NFL teams are increasingly believing that full stadiums are a realistic goal for this coming season. The New England Patriots, they were one of 13 teams with no home fans at all last season. They told season ticket holders this week they're very optimistic. They'll have fans in the stands and hopeful we will be able to do so at full capacity. Even in New Jersey, where of course the Giants and Jets had no fans, they're starting to get signs of life. They are now at 15% capacity for outdoor venues, and the Giants and the Jets are hopeful that figure will steadily increase for MetLife Stadium to start the football season. So all in all, more positive signs out there for sports, and that's great for all of us. Story number two that I'm keeping an eye on, yesterday NFLPA Executive Director D. Smith told agents that they should work together during the upcoming free agency period to ensure that teams aren't taking advantage of a lower salary cap to limit player salaries. Now remember, the salary cap this year is expected to be pretty close to $180 million. That is not where teams expected it to be, say, a year ago pre-COVID, so many teams Teams are going to have to try to cut players for cap reasons. Many teams are going to have to shed payroll. There's going to be a lot of difficult decisions. D. Smith 
told agents that it was okay for them to collude in free agency in order to ensure the best possible deals for players. What's he mean by that? Well, he is saying he wants the agents to talk amongst themselves to figure out what deals their clients are being offered, exchange information about who is being offered what and for how much so that they know more about the marketplace. Now, of course, Leagues and teams cannot legally collude, but there's nothing preventing an exchange of information between agents and individuals. So D. Smith really suggesting that agents work together during the free agency period to make sure that teams are not taking advantage of a lower salary cap. That lower salary cap, when the free agency period starts, is going to be very interesting for all of us to watch because many teams will have to make some very difficult decisions on players and the marketplace could be flooded with some very good players because teams cannot afford them. Let's transition and take a look at the live event business. Live Nation released its fourth quarter and year-end financials yesterday, and the numbers, unfortunately, were not pretty, and that's expected because there have been no live events for almost a year now. Live Nation reported a $1.7 billion operating loss for 2020 a 92% drop in revenue for the fourth quarter compared to 2019. For the year, Ticketmaster sold 31 million tickets in 2020. Guess what they sold in 2019? Try 220 million tickets. So 31.1 million tickets in 2020, 220 million tickets in the 2019 year. So let's hope that Ticketmaster, the live event business, can come back with some of the good news we've been reporting on the Buzzcast, but an overall brutal year for Live Nation. Let's shift to college sports because if you listen to Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Schwarberg on the Paul Feinbaum show this week, you get the sense he wasn't thrilled with some of the moves by other college conferences. Jack Schwarberg said he was disappointed that the five conferences couldn't work in unison more effectively over the past year navigating the COVID pandemic. Very outspoken in comments. Athletic directors, conference commissioners rarely speak this openly. Schwarberg said that they were well served in the ACC by a medical advisory group of 15 doctors, one from every school. But he said throughout college sports, a lot of precipitous decisions were made on very little information instead of taking the time to get the information. Two items on the NBA to take note of. I want a hat tip to Scott O'Neill and the 76ers. They selected two black-owned businesses in the Philadelphia area for the team's Buy Black program. Spurjo is a Philadelphia-based design apparel brand started by a 15-year-old, and Girl Contracting is a female-managed construction and real estate development company. Those two companies were selected from a pool of more than 700 applicants. This is a 76ers program that was launched earlier this year. So what do these two companies get? Well, the 76ers will provide company analysis and strategic advice for the companies. They'll also give them marketing strategies and brand and creative ideas. So good for the 76ers for their Buy Black program. They announced their first two Black-owned businesses to receive help from the 76ers organization. Staying with the NBA, boy, what a couple of days for new Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith is a very intriguing, fresh new face in the sports business. I'm interested to watch him continue to lead the Utah Jazz. Yesterday, he joined Apple CEO Tim Cook and Imagine Dragons lead singer Dan Reynolds. They were on Good Morning America to launch a new national support network for the LGBTQ youth community. 
This is called Encircle. It's a nonprofit organization, and it was launched with Smith, Cook, and Reynolds donating $4 million in seed funding, so a great effort there around Encircle. Now, today, it is reported that the NBA is opening an investigation into alleged racial comments by Jazz Vice President of Basketball Operations, Dennis Lindsay. These were apparently made during 2015, way before Ryan Smith took ownership of the Utah Jazz. Lindsay has denied making the comments. The Jazz said that they will cooperate, of course, with the league's investigation. So for Ryan Smith, two days, two different feelings. I'm sure he felt great yesterday in announcing in circle with his colleagues, Tim Smith and Dan Reynolds. Today, I'm sure the emotions are a little different as the league is investigating comments by the team's vice president of basketball operations. And so I want to end like we do on BuzzCast a lot around people. I want to give congratulations to Major League Baseball senior vice president of special events, Marla Miller. If you know Marla Miller, she's incredibly creative, a hard worker. She has been instrumental at baseball. She will begin her transition out of her role after 21 years of leading events such as the World Series and the All-Star Week. She was a game changer in 2011 for SBJ. She was also baseball's first ever female senior vice president. Now, Marla Miller oversaw the expansion of baseball's all-star game from a one-day event into a five-day party that included the Fan Fest, uh, the Futures Game, the Home Run Derby, and a number of community initiatives. All were launched under Marla Miller's oversight and her expertise. She is really very, very good and very talented and very well regarded. Marla Miller will continue to be a resource for Major League Baseball through the transition period and consult on special projects. So again, congratulations to Marla Miller on a job well done. So that is your Morning Buzzcast. It is a Friday. It is February 26th. Hope everybody has a great, safe weekend. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'm Abe Madcore, and I will talk to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.